title of our message today is The Biblical Key to Authentic Blessing for God's People. You know, some churches are allergic to the word blessing because they think it is very self-serving. But I like that poster that said, God not only wants to bless you, but wants to bless other people through you. Meaning God wants to give us the riches of his grace so that we can be the channel of his grace to others. But what is the key? Why are some Christians who have been Christians for a long time not experiencing blessings? They go through tough times. They go through difficulties again and again and again. So can you guess what the key is? I'm thankful to God that although I did not coordinate with the praise and worship team, we, out of the three songs we sang, two of them are mentioning about the key. We are called to be blessed and to become blessing. When God called this guy Abraham, he said to him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in thee, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So if your life is not a blessing, if you are not blessed, how can you be a blessing to others? What about in the New Testament? Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, God is able to bless you abundantly. For what purpose? So that you be happy? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in blessing others. In every good work. So what is this key to blessing? Here are the common suggestions that you will hear from pastors and uh, churches. One pastor said, I am blessed with everything I need. I am working hard for everything I want. And most of all, I appreciate and I am grateful for all that I have. So for that person, the key is to work hard. In another poster, it says, you are blessed not because of your hard work, but you are blessed because you do right and treat other people right. So the key to blessing is doing right and treating people right. Another, prayer, according to this poster, is the key to open the door of blessing. So maybe the reason why you're not blessed is you are not praying that much. That's the corollary uh, presumption. The fourth suggestion is obedience. That poster says, obedience is the key to God's blessings, miracles, and breakthroughs. 
that's very common among Christians. Number five, according to Laila Akita, giving is the key to living life of abundant blessing. And more particularly, Bishop Irungu said, tithing is the key to all blessings. And maybe you can add more on the list. But today, I would like to suggest from the Bible something that may not be always included in the list. In Leviticus 11:44, it says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, be holy, for I am holy. I am the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. Thus you shall be holy, for I am holy. We sang earlier, the God of galaxy, he is holy. And then in the third song, holy. The word holy is used in the Bible, you'll be surprised, 289 times. 211 in the Old Testament and 78 times in the New Testament. But we hardly hear that word often nowadays. But in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua said to the people before they enter the promised land, consecrate yourselves. Or in another translation, make yourselves holy for tomorrow. Tomorrow, when you make yourselves holy, when you consecrate yourselves to the Lord, the Lord will do wonders among you. We sang earlier the God of wonders in the galaxy. How come I don't experience his wonders, his miracles, his breakthroughs, his marvelous and great things in my life? Well, our text is saying, if we want to, then we need to be holy. But the problem with this concept, according to George Barna, the Barna group is one of the most reputable Christian surveying group in the United States. And they conducted a nationwide survey about holiness. And their conclusion was most adults and Christians included, remain confused, if not daunted by the concept of holiness. Well, I put asterisk in the word daunted because that's not a common English word in the Philippines. To be daunted means to be overwhelmed, to be intimidated, to be even frightened by the word. So we like many words, Christian jargons, but we don't like that word holy. We freak out. And what does the survey said? Well, 73% of all those surveyed believe it is possible for someone to become holy regardless of their past. So that's good. Now, 76% of the born-again Christian says it's possible to be regarded holy. But what is alarming are the next 
results. 50% say they know someone whom they will describe as holy, meaning only one out of two people can be considered holy. And look at the third. Only 35% of those surveyed believe God expects you to be holy. Well, God expects you to make disciples, but he does not expect you to be holy. And out of 10 Christians, 10, only two will say they are holy. So 25% of all those surveyed, 29% born again, are saying they are holy. So the rest, the rest of the 70% of Christians, born again people surveyed, will not say they are holy. Pakaganon, if that's the case, we are already defeated. Because it means that 29% only of the people really believe in what Christ has done on the cross. They know that in their minds, but in their hearts, they don't believe it. So what does it mean to be holy? Well, of all those surveyed, 21% said, I don't know. And then 19% said, being Christ-like. 18% said, making faith your top priority in life. Living a pure or sinless lifestyle, 12%. And then the others having good attitude about people and life, 10%. Well, I hope this year, as we listen to God's word, we will clear out some very important Bible truths and make them very clear so that we are not just speaking about them. We really know what they mean. And one of these concepts is holiness. Okay, sorry uh, if I will put you on the spot. How many holy people do we have in Breadcom, Quezon City? Can you raise your hand? You see, one-third. One third. So two thirds are saying, I'm not really sure. Nakakahiya. Well, if that's the case, then you cannot expect wonders. You cannot really expect powerful blessings from God. Because the Bible says, make yourselves holy, consecrate yourselves, for the Lord will do wonders among you. George Barna, the director of that company, was really alarmed by the result of that survey. So he wrote that we really need to take the result seriously. Why? Let me quote him. It portrays a body of Christians who attend church, read the Bible, but do not understand the concept or significance of holiness. They do not personally desire to be holy and therefore do little, if anything, to pursue it. So George Barna was calling the church 
the ministries to foster a genuine hunger for holiness among the masses who claim they love God but they don't know about the biblical teaching concerning holiness. We must move away from the cheap grace theology and replace people's self-absorption with focus on God and His ways. So that's the uh, application or conclusion of the survey. So let me go back with the equation holiness and blessings. In Acts 13, verse 34, Luke wrote, As for the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead, no longer to return to decay, he has spoken in this way. I will give you what? What? The holy and sure blessings of David. So holiness was equated by the writer with blessings. In Revelation 20 verse 6, John wrote, Blessed and holy is one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these people, the second death has no power. They will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Again, the concept of blessedness and holiness are put together. And Hebrews made a very uh, alarming statement. Pursue shalom, pursue peace with everyone. And what's the second one? Pursue holiness. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And may I paraphrase the reason why we are not experiencing intimacy and exciting experience with God is because we are either unaware of what holiness is or we are not pursuing it. So today, my task is to share with you the concept of holiness. The first time the word is used is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it what? He made it holy. In some translation, he sanctified it. So what does that word holy mean? The word holy is the Hebrew word kadosh. And when God says kadosh, be holy, the reason for that is because God said, I am kadosh. And the word consecrate yourself is the verb form of kadosh. So what does that word mean? Well, the literal rendering is make holy or make sacred. Sa Tagalog, magpakabanal. Again, we don't like that word. Masyadong holy. So let's find another uh, concept attached to it. The word holy can also mean sanctify or purify for certain purpose. Example, you will find cars 
or vans or jeeps flying uh, West Avenue and it says for official use only. Yan. It means that that vehicle is holy. Why? Because it is designated for a specific person or a specific use. So with that, our common uh, meaning of the word holy is set apart, dedicated, appointed. Okay? So now when I ask the question, how many of you have set apart yourselves for God? How many? Yeah, kalahati na. No? I hope pagkatapos ng sermon, lahat na magtataas ng kamay. So the calling of God's people is not to be happy prior foremostly. It's not to be rich foremostly. The primary calling of God's people is to be holy. In Leviticus 27, you shall make yourselves holy. Be holy. Why? I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the one who is making you holy. So, holiness is not something we are striving for. Holiness is something God is working out in our lives. Look at that statement. I am the Lord who, what? Who sanctifies, who is making you holy. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy, and I have, now this is the meaning of the word holy, and I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. So a holy person is somebody who is set apart for God. It does not mean somebody who is perfect. It's not, it does not mean somebody who does not make mistakes. A holy person is someone who is set apart, designated for, devoted to God. But pastor, isn't this just for the Old Testament people? Well, in 1 Peter 1, 15, Peter was writing to Christians and he said, like the Holy One who called you, be yourselves holy. In what? In all your behavior. In the Old Testament, holiness is more ritualistic in their rituals, but also in their behaviors. But here in the New Testament, the New Testament writers are focusing on holiness as behavior. And why? Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. For us to appreciate the word, I will suggest that you just use the word unique. Be unique. Why? Because you are precious. You are special. You are precious to God. So, I will share to you three things about holiness today. Next week, Lord willing, I will share how. 
The first one is how God's people will practice holiness. How did God want Israel to be holy? Second, why will the people of Israel practice holiness? And the third is what are the results when God's people practice holiness? So holiness is not a state of mind. Holiness is a practice. And all of them are found in Deuteronomy chapter 7. So let's look at the first one. How God's people will practice holiness. In Deuteronomy 7 verse 1, Moses wrote, When the Lord brings you into the land where you are entering to possess and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. When the Lord delivers them before you and you defeat them, what do you do with them? When you have defeated your enemies already, what do you do with them? You shall utterly destroy them. Whoa! That's a violation of human rights. Maybe you will destroy the soldiers, but the wives, the children, the United Nations will not agree with that. But as far as God was concerned, he was mandating God's people to do it. Why? Did Israel know those people? Did they have personal quarrels with those people? No. They were 400 years separated. Only the 12 spies knew those people. But why did God command Israel to destroy them? And not only to destroy them, God said to them, you shall make no covenant with them. Show no favor to them. Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. Why? For they will turn your sons away from following me, said the Lord, to serve other gods. And when that happens, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will quickly destroy you. So what God was asking his people is not a matter of suggestion or request. It is a matter of life and death for them. Why? Because if they will not destroy completely their enemies, then their enemies will influence them to be like them and as a result, they will be destroyed. God gave those people 400 years, four generations to repent. But they were not repenting. You know what they do? They sacrifice their children to the gods. They are worshiping false gods. They were violent. 
And God doesn't want His people to be like them. God wanted His people to be like Him. So God wanted His people to remove those things that will make them infected by ungodliness. Deuteronomy 7 verse 5. So you destroy them, you don't make covenant with them, and then this is what you shall do to them. Tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, hew down their asherim, burn their graven images with fire. The graven images of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is in them, nor take it for yourselves, or you will be infected, snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. You shall not bring an abomination to your home, for it is something done. You know why families are getting destroyed today? Because we are bringing things that are abominable inside our homes. We are bringing in pornography in our homes. We are bringing money out of corruption in our homes. And so the result, our homes get broken. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world? And you lose your soul. But many people now, their priority is money. Their priority is pleasure. Eh, konti lang naman eh. You know, everything starts with small. Small experience of drugs. Small experience of pleasure, immorality. But that small thing grows. It's like a tumor. Cancer does not begin big. It begins with a small tumor. And then it grows. And if you will not remove it, it will infect the whole system until the person dies. You know, we don't look at morality that way anymore. When we talk about values, we are saying, ah, you are a bigot, huh? You are so narrow-minded. That's why we don't speak about them anymore as openly as we used to because we are scared that our friends, our classmates, our office mates will call us narrow-minded. And then we do what they're doing already. But pastor, that's Old Testament, okay? Now let's go to the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 17, Paul wrote, Do not be bound together with unbelievers. Well, you need to be careful with that statement. It does not say, don't mingle with unbelievers. Why? Then you have to get out of the world. Okay? But what Paul was writing is about partnership, about agreeing, about transacting with. What partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? We are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them, walk among them, I will be their God and they shall be my people. If you belong to God, 
how in the world do you participate in sexual orgies? If you belong to God, if you are the temple of God, how, how and why do you allow yourself to be abused, to be taken advantage by somebody who is not even committed to you, who is just using you? You are the temple of the living God. So you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your mind. You need to take care of your soul. We are so pressured by the world today. And look at what happens if you are pressured by the world. You get depressed. You commit suicide. You do not experience the peace that surpasses human understanding. You don't experience the unspeakable joy that comes from God. What you have are pressures and stresses because you want to be at par with the world. Paul wrote, therefore come out from their needs and be, instead of using the word holy, he used, and be separate. Say no. You don't have to attend that party. Why do you have to go? You know already what will happen there. You don't have to be part of that transaction. You know already that that transaction is corrupted. But pastor, if I don't do that, I will lose my job. I will lose my position. So, you are willing to lose God. You know, there are times you have to make a choice. And look at the the contrast, come out from their midst and be separate and look at what God says. I will welcome you. I will be a father to you. I will take care of you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Why will you invest your life to people who will just use you? But here is a God who cares for you. How come you are trusting this transaction that you know in the first place is ungodly? You know, here are the settings where we need to put together what we have learned before. Psalm 127, one says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in. You know already the ending, but why are you pursuing? Unless the Lord protects and guards the city, those who guard the city will guard it in vain. But look at the opposite. For the Lord gives, provides, even while you are asleep. Paul again, Ephesians 5. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. You want to be blessed in 2019? Decide today, Lord, by your grace, I will no longer participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness. As a matter of fact, Paul even added, instead, ano, kaya ba natin yan? Even expose them. <gasps> Tatahimik na lang ako. That's why corruption continues. Because we don't expose. And why don't we expose? We are either afraid or we are part of it. 
Awake, sleeper. Arise from the dead and look at the counterpart. Let Christ shine on you. Why do we have names like Daniel and Joseph and, you know, Mordecai? Because they made stand. They stood up for God. And they experienced extraordinary signs and wonders from God. But nowadays, our lives are just like this. Just like this. Cruising along. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as, unwise, as an unwise man, but as wise. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. My dear brethren, how do we use our time? Nagbakasyon ka, after your vacation, you're so tired and worn out. You spend money, you spend time, and at the end of your vacation, you're so tired. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? What happens when you are filled with the Spirit? Well, then you feel love, joy, peace. You become patient. You become kind. You become gentle. You become faithful to your spouse, faithful to your task. And you have self-control. And you are always thankful. And you are able to subject yourself to other people in the fear of Christ. You know, nowadays, even Christian disciplines are becoming heavy burdens. Because we don't do it for God. We do it because somebody will ask us, are you witnessing? Are you discipling someone? How many people are you discipling? So now you have to do it because you are expected by some people, not because you want to do it. So we need to practice living our lives for God. Now, Pastor, why do I have to do that? I don't see many Christians doing it. Well, in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, the first reason, you will do it because you are a holy person. You don't do it to be holy. You are already holy. When you respond to Jesus Christ and made him Lord and Savior of your life, he has washed you clean. That day, all your sins are forgiven and you were stamped not only with the Holy Spirit inside you, you were stamped with a label, holy. You are holy. So don't let Satan deceive you and say, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, you will be holy. That's what Satan did to Adam and Eve. You know what he said to, uh, to Eve? When you eat from the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be, you will be like God. But they were already like God. They were created in the image of God. So Satan was offering them something 
that they already have and will just develop it. So when Satan is telling your mind, you know, when you do this, you will prosper. When you do this, you will be happy. It's a lie. Because anyway, you will be happy as you follow the Lord Jesus. You will prosper as you follow the Lord Jesus. Why will you do this? For you are a holy people. Holy people to whom? Holy people to the Lord your God. Yes, people may look at you as weak. People may look at you as hypocrite. People may look at you as not real. But in the eyes of God, you are holy. In the eyes of Jesus, you are holy. In the eyes of the Holy Spirit, you are holy because of Christ. And what else makes you holy? Look at the next phrase. You are what? A people, you are a chosen person. You know, nowadays, Satan has deceived Christians to quarrel on the word election. Are you elect? That's what Satan is doing. The beautiful concepts in the Bible, he is twisting to make it ugly. But the word elect, chosen, means somebody who is precious, who, is, who makes somebody feel delightful. When God thinks of you, he feels pleasure. Why? You are to be a people of his own segula. The Hebrew word segula means property, possession, treasured possession, a treasure. Can you imagine? You look down on yourself, but as far as Christ is concerned, you are his treasure. And if you are Christ's treasure, then he is committed to make you beautiful. He is committed to protect you. He is committed to, you know, develop you. So, why will I do these things? Because you are God's holy people, special, desired, highly treasured possession in his sight. If you still are not convinced, look at the last statement of verse 6. God chose you to be his possession out of all the peoples in the world. How many people are there in the world? 7.5 billion people. Can you imagine? Out of 7.5 billion people in the world, God knows your name. God knows your face. God knows your heartbeat. And he has committed to love you. He has committed to take care of you. Why? Because for him, you are holy. You are holy. You are special. You are precious. Ibakit naman? Why? Why will I be considered precious, holy in his sight? Because of another concept. Because he loves you. Mahal ako ni God? Bakit? Anong maganda sa akin? You know, yun ang problema natin eh. When we hear the word God loves you, you immediately think, well, I must have done something good. I must be looking good. Because humanly speaking, when we love somebody, we have a reason. I love him because, but not God. 
Look at Deuteronomy 7, 7. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. And if I may add other parts of Deuteronomy, God did not choose you because you are good people. No, you are stubborn and stick-necked from the day God knew you. So why? Why will God love me? Well, God loves you because He is loving. His love is not dependent on you. His love is dependent on who He is. And He loved you, and He kept the oath which He swore to your forefathers. This God is not only loving on the present. He loved you because He has loved your forefathers even in the past. <clears throat> and if I may add, he will continue to love even your generation. Oh, pastor, ang alam ko lang, the Lord hates those who do not follow him to the fourth generations. Yeah, that's true. But he extends this loving kindness, how many generations? To a thousand generations. To a thousand generations. So why did God command Israel to be holy? Because, you know, God made them holy. Second, because God loved them. And the third, because God made a covenant with them. Know therefore the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his love to a thousand generations. So your children do not have yet children and grandchildren, but God is already committing to be faithful even to your great, 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 great grandchildren. With those who love him and keep his commandments, but he repays those who hate him. Oh, pastor. I don't know anybody who hates God. They don't believe in God, but they don't hate God. Well, if you don't believe in God, then you hate Him. That's the biblical way of thinking. If you don't love God, then you hate Him. No, no, no. I just don't believe Him. I'm an agnostic, but I don't hate God. No, no, no. When God looks at you, He looks at you as someone who hates Him. Because despite all the good, all the things he has done for you, you don't want to respond in faith. Verse 12, it shall come about because you listen to, the, to this judgment and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you his covenant and his love which he swore to your forefathers. So God will be faithful to me. God will be faithful to you. God will bless you because of that covenant. Okay? But Israel was not fulfilling their covenant with God. Yes, that's true. But an Israelite came. An Israelite named Jesus came. And he fulfilled the covenant perfectly. And when he was having Lord's Supper or communion, Passover with his disciples, he said to them, this cup 
is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So my blessings now and in the future was secured by that person who was faithful to the covenant in my behalf. And he was perfectly obedient to that covenant. So God will bless me not because of me. God will bless me because of this person who did something to take away my filth and my dirt and who has completed fulfilling God's covenant perfectly. So when Paul was discussing about holiness, look at the language Paul used. Therefore, be what? We are called to imitate God because we are children of God. And not ordinary children. We are beloved children. So if God loved the Israelites and their forefathers, God also loved you because of Christ. So you walk in love. The reason why you will practice holiness is because you receive the love of God and you love God. And the way you will love is not because the person is worth loving or the person is responding. No, 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 no. You will walk in love just as Christ loved you. So even if this person I am loving, I am ministering, I am helping, is not responding right, worse, he is even hostile to me, it's okay. Because my love for him, my service to him, is done because somebody loved me first. And because you are loved by God, you are children of God, so immorality, impurity, greed must not be named among us as is proper among, among the saints. How many saints do we have in Breadcom QC? Pakitaas nga ang kamay. Aba, dumadami na! Saint, even if I am not Canonized? Yes. Because it is not man who will declare who you are. It is God himself who will make the distinction, who will give the label, not people. There must be no filthiness. And to the young people, to the young adults, there must be no silly talk. Kasi sometimes, ano eh, just for fun, we, we give silly talks or even coarse jesting which are not fitting. And if I will paraphrase to the young adults, to the young people, pwede ba walang flirting? No flirting? If you will, uh, if you will say something to someone, can you not say something, of course, creatively, truthfully, no? but rather giving thanks, for you know with certainty 
that no immoral, impure, covetous person who is an idolater has inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. So why will New Testament Christians practice holiness? Because we are made holy already. We are loved by God. And God wants us to imitate him. So what are the results when God's people practice holiness? The first one, Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 14, He will love you. Mahal ka niya. Higit ka pang mamahalin niya. And what? And, and bless you. By the way, in, in our minds, the concept of love grows. No. Nung una, mahal mo lang siya, 30%. Eh. Nung katagal-tagalan mo na siyang tinitingnan, ba maganda pala siya? Ba naging 60% na kaaga? Tapos mabait siya sa'yo. Aba, 80% na. Si God, when He loved us, He loved us how many percent? 100% kaagad. Eh, pastor, sabi mo, He loved you more. No, the more means you are experiencing that 100% love. Ikaw ang nag-grow, hindi si God. One writer said, you cannot do anything anymore to love, to make God love you more or to make God love you less. His love is settled. So when God loves you, what is God committed to do? He will bless you. He will bless you and kung hindi mo alam yung concept ng blessing sa Old Testament, the next statement, multiply you. And if you don't know what that means, He will bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your herd, the young of your flock in the land which is swore to your forefathers to give you. Meaning God will bless you in all areas. I like verse 14. And if you are a student, I hope you can, you can say, you shall be blessed above all students. You shall be blessed above all businessmen. You shall be blessed above all sports people. Because eh, we don't take those words seriously. What comes to our mind nowadays, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. That's just for the Israelite. O kaya hindi ka nagtatap. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Why? Because God's blessings will abound, will overflow. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you ask or ever imagine. That's the concept of blessing. Second result, the Lord will remove from you some sickness, a few sickness. The Lord will remove from you all sickness. And He will not put on you any of the harmful diseases of Egypt which you have not known, but He will lay them on all who hate you. You shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will deliver you. So what, pastor, are you telling me 
that if I am sick, God is not blessing me, God is not protecting me. Well, when we get sick, the question is not, does God love me or not love me? Maybe the quest better question to ask is, when you're sick, what's God purpose, what is God's purpose for this sickness? How can I glorify God in this sickness? You know, when I lose my voice, after every time I preach, I said, Lord, ikaw naman, Sir, mo naman ako, why is my voice running out? Can you not extend another like 10 to 15 minutes? So I asked myself, how can I glorify God while preaching and not losing my voice? So I look at my lifestyle. I sleep between 1 to 1.30 and I wake up 4.30. So I will lose my voice. So I have to do something about it. Before, what I do is when I feel weak, I'll eat. Kaya nag-170 pounds ako. <laughs> because you are weak eh. When you don't sleep that well, you compensate it by, by eating. So I ate a lot. So I feel strong. But I also feel heavy. So maybe I said, Lord, Okay, I will pray, I will sleep maybe 12.30. <laughs> I'm still having difficulty. Nakakakalahati na kami ng melatonin. But then I learned to do something in the past two years. When I wake up 4.30, I usually stand up already, I do my quiet time, I pray. You know what? Nowadays, if I wake up 4.30, I will not stand up. I will pray. Okay, I will pray, and then after some time, I will sleep. And then I have additional one hour, so I don't lose my voice. So when we get sick, we don't immediately go to the issue, does God love me or not? No, God must have a good purpose. Even in our difficulties, he has a good purpose. So the question is, how can I honor God with this sickness? Now, sometimes our question in our hearts is, but the challenges ahead of me is so great. The nations Joshua and the people will face are greater and more numerous than them. How can I dispossess them? So our tendency when we are confronted by big challenges is to get scared. So we compromise. But verse 18 says, you shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what God did to Pharaoh and Egypt. Because God is not only committed to bless you and to protect you, God is also committed to give you victory. The Lord, your God, will send the hornet against them. Alam nyo, to tell you honestly, hindi ko alam yung hornet. Ang alam ko lang si green hornet. No? <laughs> so I had to look in the, in the dictionary. What is a hornet? Until I found out it is, a, it is an insect and some, 
of that kind of insects are very dangerous and fatal. So God will use even hornets. You shall not dread them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. And what will he do? The Lord your God will clear away your problems, will clear away the nations before you. Lord, antagal naman. But look at the statement. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you. How? How? Little by little. Yeah, may problema tayo dyan eh. Kasi gusto natin, instant. But look at the problem. If Israel will defeat all those nations instantly. The wild beasts will grow too numerous for you and you will have another problem. So their victory is little by little so that they were growing and of course the enemies were also consuming the wild beasts. They also need food so they consume the wild beasts so the wild beasts will not be a problem to them later on. You know, God has that in mind. God has your future in mind. Some of us want instant success. Why is God not giving me instant success? Because you will not be able to handle it. You'll be proud. Remember Jabez when he prayed for success? Jabez, 1 Chronicles 4.9. What did he pray for? Oh God, extend my territory. What's the next prayer? Let your mighty hand be upon me. Why? Because when you are extending your territory, when you are extending your business, then you will have, you know, enemies on the other side. Verse 23, But the Lord your God will deliver them before you and will throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will deliver their kings into your hand. No man will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed them. So when we are living for God, when we are committed to follow His ways, then God is committed to bless us, to protect us, and to give us victory. When we are having a lot of pressures and problems, we don't say, Lord, why are you not protecting me? Maybe the, pr the better prayer is, Lord, thank you. Because despite of this, I will experience your victory. Let me give you a sample. You know, there was this king, Hezekiah, who had problems because his father was unfaithful to God. The Levites were unfaithful. The priests were unfaithful. And their nation became weaker and weaker. When he became king, he was young. And what was the first thing that Hezekiah did? Hezekiah said, listen to me, O Levites. And what was he asking the Levites to do? Consecrate yourselves now. Consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers. And what does consecrate mean? Carry the uncleanness out of the holy place. Why? Our fathers have been unfaithful. They have done evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken God. They have turned away their faces away from their dwelling place. So the word consecrate, consecrate 
is used in 29, 17, 19, 31, 33, 34, chapter 30, verse 15, verse 17, verse 24. Hezekiah was always saying to the people, consecrate ourselves, consecrate ourselves, consecrate ourselves. And what happened? In 2 Chronicles 30, 26, the priest returned back to God. People returned back to God. And there was great joy in Jerusalem. Nothing like this in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Then the Levitical priest arose, blessed the people. And what happened? Their voice was heard. By whom? Their prayer came to his dwelling place to the heavens. My dear brethren in Breadcrumb, do we want not just ourselves, but our families and our nation to get blessed? Let's start here. Let's start in Breadcrumb. If God will show you anything that is not right, that is unclean, that is displeasing in his sight, you know, take it away. And you will take it away, not just to be blessed. You will take it away, we will take it away, because we belong to God. This is not for God. We want to honor God. We don't do it to be blessed. We are simply doing it because we have been blessed already. We are loved already. We are made holy already by God. And you know what will happen? Our prayers will be heard. They will come to God's dwelling place, the heavens. What about the people of the New Testament? Peter wrote to the Christians who are dispersed, who are suffering, who call themselves aliens in the world. But in God, they were chosen. He said, may grace and peace be yours in, in fullest measure. Sometimes the word grace is translated blessing. So may blessing and peace be yours to the fullest measure. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope, to obtain an inheritance. Israel has the land inheritance. We also have an inheritance, but that is better than Israel because their inheritance is, imper is perishable, defiled, and they fade away, but our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. And look at verse 5. What does it say? You and I are protected by the very power of God. So we have no reason to be scared. We have no reason to be risky in our faith. We have no reason to not become visionaries and risk takers because we have a God who is behind us, before us, blessing us, protecting us. And if we are in trouble, he will deliver us. In our third song, in every stanza, in the first line, it says holy. In the last line, it says live for you. 
how can I live holy life when I feel and in fact I know in my heart that I am not holy so those of you who did not raise your hand when I asked how many of you feel you are holy that's the question for you and all of us how can we live holy life when I feel and in fact I know in my heart I am not holy you know the simple answer to that question is we don't live by feelings we live by faith in what Christ has done and what Christ has accomplished yes the fact is we are sinners our feeling is we are weak but by faith we are more than conquerors because of him who loved us but pastor you don't know what I have done okay let's look at what you have done what I have done 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither, no. Fornicators are those who have sexual relationship, but they are not married. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Adulterers are those who have sexual relationship with somebody, not their wife or their husband. They are already married. Nor, what's the next line? Effeminate. Nor homosexuals. You know, today the LGBT will say, you know, the homosexual in that text is not the same as homosexual today. They have a different kind of homosexual then. You may say whatever you like to say, but I will trust what the Word of God is saying. No fornicator, no idolater, no adulterer, no effeminate, no homosexual, no thief, no covetous, no drunkard, no reviler, no swindler will inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul said, can you imagine, huh? There's a church. And such were some of you. That's the bad news. But in that same passage, Paul said, but but you were what's the tense of the verb you were made holy you were forgiven you were declared righteous justified how not by yourself not by what you did but you were made holy you were forgiven you were justified in the name of jesus christ and by the power of the Spirit of our God, we can be the people whom God had designed us to be because of Him and because of His enablement. I can do all things because of Him who will strengthen me. So do not believe in the lie anymore that you cannot be holy because the first truth is if you are born again, you are already holy. You were made holy by the blood of Jesus. And second deception, you cannot be holy. But the second truth is, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do all things. You 
were holy. So how will we practice holiness? Let's apply this sermon in our context. Let us live holy lives, not by our power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Why will we practice holiness? We were loved, we were made holy by the blood of Jesus. And then what are the results when we practice holiness? Blessings, protection, and victory. So let me end. The biblical key to authentic blessing is to live for God. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Who has blessed us with what? With every, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Look at the last phrase. In Christ. The word in is a preposition. I like to give another translation of that preposition. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places because we belong to Christ. I am blessed not because I am good. I am blessed because I belong to Jesus. I requested our church to retire me two years ago. They were not willing. I repeated that last year. They were not willing. And so I repeated that again this year, last year. And they agreed with one condition. Our leader said, Pastor, it will be a promotion. <laughs> Why? Because I like to do greater things for God. It's not that I am quitting the ministry. It's not that I am quitting from bread. No, I like to do greater things in, with, through, and out of bread. And I'm so grateful that our leader said yes. Yes. But don't worry, because this will be my home church, Breadcom QC. I'll be here. I would like to see with my own eyes the reality of this sermon. That every person in Breadcom QC will grow, will abound in blessing will experience God's protection. And yes, if they have problems, if they have challenges, they will overcome. Why? Not because we are great people. We have a great God who has done great things for us on the cross and who by the power of His Spirit will still do greater things than we expect. So what's the challenge for all of us? This will spell out whether we will bless in 2019 onwards. Paul wrote, not one of us lives for himself. Not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord.
You know what this means? Now I don't have to live for anyone else. I will live for God and God will take care of my concerns. And if I have to die for God, I'm willing to do it. Because the God I serve is God both of the living and the dead. We are the Lord's whether in life or death. That is the meaning of holiness. We are separate unto God. We are devoted to God in this life, even in death. Are you holy? If you still feel you are not today, why don't you ask Jesus to wash you clean from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet with his blood? So that today you will know and really know in your mind and heart what Christ has done for you on the cross. And let me challenge you. Do not allow Satan to use any sin in your life in the past to hinder you to realize the fullest measure of God's blessings intended for you. A woman was caught in adultery and people were asking Jesus whether they will stone the woman to death or not. And Jesus said to the people, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And then Jesus stooped down and was writing. And then one by one they left. And then you know what happened? Jesus said to the woman, did anyone condemn you? And the woman said, no one, Lord. And you know what Jesus said? Neither do I. From now on, live your life for God. So today, if there is a sin, if there is a tragic experience you have had in the past that is hindering you to move on to the fullest measure of your blessing from God, Today, why don't you bring it on the foot of the cross and allow Christ to wash you clean and let his spirit energize you, empower you so that you can overcome it starting today. Let's bow down our heads, close our eyes, and let us pray. Our God, thank you for this message from the Old Testament which is supported by the New Testament that despite the fact we are sinners, despite the fact we are stubborn, many times we are careless and weak. Yet, Lord, because of your love for us, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, all our sins can be forgiven. We can be washed clean by his blood and we can be made holy and continually cleansed by the power of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for that truth. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live in fear, in the shackles and bandages in the past. We can live in freedom because of the truth that he whom you set free is truly free. Today, if there is someone here and you are having difficulty claiming you are holy, but you want to be 
and you want to say to Jesus, Lord, cleanse me clean. Wash me thoroughly today with the sins that has blemished, stained my mind, my soul, my spirit, even my body. Today, I'd like to invite you, while our heads are bowed down, our eyes are closed, just raise your hand and I will pray with you that today the mighty Spirit of God will liberate you, will transform you into the person God has been wanting you to become. Is there anyone who would like to do that today? Yes. Are there others? Yes. 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 Lord, you have seen the hands of those who are struggling because in their mind and soul, it's hard for them to claim these blessings, protection, and deliverance because they feel they are undeserving. But today, today, Lord, is their day of deliverance. It's their day of freedom. And they are putting their trust, not in themselves, not in what they can do, not in what they can promise, but in what you have done, Lord Jesus, in what you have promised, O God, and in what you will do, O Holy Spirit. So today, today, I pray, O God, that you will touch those people with your cleansing power. You will give them peace that surpasses understanding. And you will let that unspeakable joy spring out from their hearts. Because today they can say by faith, Thank you, Lord, you have made me holy. There is now no more condemnation. There is now no more guilt. There is now no more fear. I can walk in the newness of life. And even if I face challenges, sometimes failure, I will not be scared because you, Lord, are our life and our salvation, our portion. I like to claim what Psalm 73, verse 26, Psalmist said to those of you who pray. The Psalmist said, My heart and my flesh may fail. God, what Jesus Christ has done is the strength of my heart and my portion forever which Satan cannot take away. Lord, thank you for deliverance today. Thank you, Lord, that our church can hope, can trust in you that greater things are coming ahead of us and we are already grateful in jesus name we pray amen